Oh, yeah. The NWO is getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Why would we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, who take on the New York football giants tonight, when we can have a little bit of wrestling to lead off the show? I'm just kidding. That's it. That's the only reference till maybe the end of the show. Might get to a Mount Rushmore of it, and I know Kevin has one ready, and I'm excited for his. It's going to be good. If you're not a NWO fan, you're not a real four-for-four Philadelphia sports fan. Can the NWO become like the seven in our old seven for seven now that the, uh, now that the soul are Wrestling. gone? Yeah, the soul are gone. So I think you would have to, yeah, you go Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers. Union. Union. Uh, the kicks. The NWO. No, the fusion. Go fusion. The fusion. The fusion, the fusion and the NWO. <laughs> is that our Lennox is home? back there saying the wings. I thought you said the wings, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, wings, fusion. Wings, fusion, union. And then the soul will be replaced by the NWO. Uh, the NWO, so it's eight that's for right. eight. So that's you, guys are, you guys are so young. Oh, look at that. Look who's so, who graced us with his presence from above. The man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Sanfilippo, who said he wants to jump in for five minutes. For five I've got, minutes. I've got of five course, minutes and first, then i got to wrap it up. First, you heard the voice of Kevin Kincaid, who you can find on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid. I want to get to the guy across from me, Bob Wankel, who you can find on Twitter at Bob Wankel CB. I am ready to talk some Eagles football. All right, now let's get back to the, the omniscient presence. I want to hear from the boomer himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, the oh. boomer. Okay, boomer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, boomer. No, I mean, I, I got people arriving from my audition already. So I just want to get this over with. I, I got to let you guys know right off the bat that, you know, I know for the past two weeks, um, at least two weeks, maybe three, uh, I've been telling you that the Eagles are, don't worry, the Eagles are going to win the division. The Eagles are going to win the division. After yesterday, after watching football all day yesterday, I want to amend my prediction. Oh. And I think it, I think I'll give you something to talk about. Oh, thanks, because we we couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> yeah. So you're a flip flop. You're Thank flip-flop. you. We didn't because I didn't really jump into the discussion about this on Slack today. So I figured I'd throw this at you now. Yeah, get kind of a all right. Go ahead. Get your response. So you watched you watched football yesterday. And I, I'll tell I'll tell you right now, the best thing that can happen to the Eagles happened last night with the Rams beating the Seahawks. Go on. Um. The Rams now stay in this playoff race. They're only a game out of a wild card. So they're going to play. They're going to have something to play for against Dallas next week. Dallas is in trouble with that game. Um, and watching San Francisco and New Orleans yesterday, those two teams are so far. And I've, I'm ch- I've changed my mind about the 49ers. They, they're a Super Bowl contender. They are content. Those two teams are far and away better than everybody else. So here's my prediction that I'm going to amend. Not only are the Eagles going to win the division. But they're going to host the Seattle Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs and win that game. And lose to Russell Wilson, who's never lost to the Eagles. They're going to beat the Seahawks in Philadelphia, uh-huh. first round of the playoffs. And your Eagles, who 8-8, and 9-7, eight, and seven, whatever they finish, are going to be in the divisional NFC divisional playoff against either New Orleans or the, or the 49ers. And that's where the road ends because there's no way they can compete with those two teams. Um, but that's where they get to. And then I wonder, eh, is it as horrible a season as everybody thought it was? 
<laughs> Wait, what was the original take again? That what they would win the division, and that would be it. And, so then now, just, and then they would lose in the first round. Now they're going to win. Now they're going. They're going to go to the second round of the playoffs. Well, that's not really like that's not much of an. Yeah, I'll throw a little gasoline on that. I mean, you have the 49ers and Seahawks playing each other in Week 17. So now, how about this scenario? The Eagles win in Week 16. And it's like a bye for them, And right, it sets up a bye week, essentially, in yeah. week 17. And then you have the 49ers and Seahawks beating the crap out of each other in the final game of the season while the Eagles the kick back and relax. The country. Yeah. Well, we're also yeah. assuming that it's going to matter because don't forget, like, they could have a bye week in week 17. I think that the but bigger the Eagles issue, have also decided that tonight is also a bye week. Yes, where I, I think the bigger issue is that out. they're going to have three wide receivers dress in tonight's game against the Giants. Uh, so that could be problematic. Uh, I actually am starting to become a little bit concerned. I don't think the weather is actually going to be quite as bad as uh, it is right now. It looks like it's starting to move out of the area. It's going to be warm. So I don't think it's going to be this you know, treacherous conditions that prevent each team from moving the football. I think what might prevent each team from moving the football is that that both offenses are, are terrible. Did Big Bet Bob just become Weather Wankle? Weather Wankle. Did you guys uh, see Joe Girardi's hype video? I hesitate to use the word hype. Uh, I wanted to run through a wall. Yeah, I wanted it to. It was a video. Yeah, if, if I that, wanted to head headbutt my neighbor. You know, everybody comes if, up with like a dumb. Wanted you know, to go cliche, outside and like, light myself like, on fire. Yeah, I wanted to go bench press my dog or something. Yeah. You know, like well, um, easy there, easy there. Oh, SPCA. yeah, the, the Vic yeah. stuff is in play. Yeah, I should I shouldn't say that. Ooh, um, well, you listen, you don't. Uh, if, if anything got me pumped for this game tonight, it was Joe Girardi's. <laughs> voicing of the the quote-unquote hype video uh five for a five five and seven football team what was the kind of the gist of it like well it's not over yet the whole yeah and like the nation's watching you <laughs> the this nation's was, yeah. the Dude, nation's it, watching you on monday night we said like a month ago remember Bre- the brett brown hype video for the sixers and they keep playing it on tv they keep yeah, playing he that. didn't really see there wasn't a lot of juice like we he didn't really seem of, to be into it a lot of good plays on the court come down to support our team and it's like all right thanks brett also hashtag thanks brett like this is great i was kind of sitting there thinking it's a violation is it a violation for joe girardi who has coached a grand total of or managed i'm sorry bob thank you uh managed a grand total of zero games in philadelphia is it a violation to have him doing a hype video for the eagles like the dude has been here for five seconds and he also used to coach he's in more New of York. a philly guy than game cap ever he was he just he, his last professional <laughs> managing job was right. for the yeah. yes the new, new york, york yankees, yankees. Yeah. And, he's and this from, game and he's is from against the Midwest, and he's a cubs fan. and this game is against the new york giants yeah i think this is more the phillies just wanted to officially brand him yeah. as a Philly guy. Oh, that's a little, yeah, that has to be what it is, sticking it to New York. It's a little square peg, round hole. So let me me. ask you something. I've been toying with these two scenarios. What is the more likely outcome tonight? That zombie Eli Manning is resurrected. Back from the dead, comes Eli. Comes back from the dead. He hasn't played football in 85 days. Do you I think he's been say years. Yeah, feels like it. <laughs> he hasn't played uh, he's been, I'm years. sure he's been really burying his head in the playbook and grinding every day for this opportunity. Yes. But what's the more likely scenario that he comes back tonight? The Giants play well, ruin the Eagles' season um, in front of forty thousand drunk 20-year-olds that got their tickets passed off to them by <laughs> people that didn't want to go sit out in this rain God. tonight. Uh, and, and you have fans beating the hell out of each other and, and doing all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff as the mm. Eagles lose 23-11. to 11. Yeah. Or do the Eagles take advantage of an absolutely atrocious Giants defense that has been sleepwalking? This team's lost by 14 points six times already this season. They have nothing to play for. 
What do you think is going to happen tonight? Let's just get to it. Uh, Eagles win 33 to 14. I got to go, guys. Right, Bye, man. Anthony. Good job. <laughs> Good job by you. Hey, don't forget, Anthony. Anything goes. 33 to 14. What, what's to make anybody think that they're going to score that many? The Greg points? Ward breakout game. And, well, no Jabril Peppers. At, you know, at uh, home in the rain. Like uh, we have the official injury report. Jordan Howard is out. out. Nelson uh, Aguilar. Aguilar's out. So you're rolling with Jason Peters eventually. Yeah. Out. Eventually is going to be out. So you have it's the Jay Ajayi breakout game. Zach, you have Miles Sanders, Jay Ajayi, Boston, Boston Scott. Scott. If you need him, you got Dallas Goddard, you got Zach Ertz, and then your receivers are Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey, and JJ Ortega Whiteside. I don't know. It just feels like an ugly like the the Eagles the Eagles win in like utterly unimpressive form i thought one of the things still kind of like a couple question marks going yeah. into it because you're like all right well they they won but but what it feels like a like 17 to 10 kind of game do you something. think that last week the game plan i kind of felt and, and maybe i'm off base here i kind of felt like doug peterson tried to devise a game plan to get carson wentz not just on track, but really give them some numbers. I think that they wanted to create big numbers for Carson Wentz last week, and I think that the game plan uh, throughout, really from start to finish, was designed to get him going, you know, get some yards, pump up the passing touchdowns. I almost could see them doing the exact opposite tonight. Like, let's reel this thing in. Let's try to simplify this game as much as possible, and it's almost like survive in advance now. I think that... What the Eagles did last week was that they they tried to outgun Miami and and it killed them. I think it is ultimately what burned them. The philosophy heading into the game. I can well, we see didn't, them. Did we really think that they were going to get into a shootout? No, with the Miami, no, with the and Miami I don't think Dolphins. that they did either. And I think that eventually that was part of their undoing, amongst other things. But I could see tonight a, a super conservative approach where they just try to grind and, and gut and muck their way through this game. It's just not Doug Peterson's mo, though. It's not, and which they is part of the problem. Like, would it surprise you if on the first drive? We see a three and out on three short passes. Yeah, just I mean, to like try to catch New York off guard. No, I mean nothing would I mean, surprise we, me if, with this if, team at this if point. If we get to halftime and the Eagles have six points, and it's like six to ten, would that shock you? Because no, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. The and Giants are uh, so the Giants are twenty third in total defense, three hundred seventy two yards allowed per game. Uh, they're, a bad, they're a little bit better against the run than the pass, 114 yards on the ground per game, but nothing. I mean, they're, they're bottom half on both of those, You know, 23rd, and I think it's 20th. I'm trying to count this out in my head. Passing yards, 258 a game they allow. So, I mean, I, I feel like if, if Jordan Howard was healthy, you'd just pound him and Miles Sanders all day long and do it that way, you know, especially in the crappy conditions and whatnot. But... Uh, yeah, to, to Bob's point, original point. Last week they did they they did get him going literally and figuratively. You know they they moved him out of the pocket a little bit. There's some play action, a bootleg there. They had a 15 yard gain on one of those, and uh, part of it, you know, not just because I think Carson gets in a little bit of a better rhythm when he's moving and he's extending plays, but also because of slower developing the play is. It's easier for plotting and slow wide receivers to get open. You know, so maybe that's kind of the the mo. Try to extend things naturally instead of him kind of. You know, doing it with his with his legs. Uh, you remember the the touchdown pass to Ortega Whiteside last week, where he kind of felt himself getting flushed from the from the left side of the pocket, but he you know held on, held on, held on, waiting for somebody to come back to him. You know, those those plays helped. You know, kind of getting him moving in the pocket a little bit, getting rolling. I don't know what it's like with the rain if they're going to be able to do that kind of stuff. If they're going to be able to to extend things naturally like that, organically like that, but. 
I don't know. It, I, wonder, I, I just think we're in for a slop fest. That's that's what I'm thinking. Giants worst in the NFC, eight point well, eight yards even, passing yards allowed per attempt yeah. by the opposition this year. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 bad. And Eli hasn't so so Eli played twice this year in the first two games of the year, then he was pulled. Uh, Eli Eli hasn't beaten the Eagles since twenty sixteen. So that's one, two, three, four, five games where he lost five in a row against the Eagles. And they had, they were actually pretty close games. I mean, there was a couple three-point losses in there. There was the uh, the 60. How long was Jake Elliott's field goal? 61. Six, 61. Uh, there was a five-point loss, three-point loss, three-point loss, five-point loss. There's only one blowout um, in that game, in, in that stretch. That was October of 2018. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't been great in those games. Eight touchdowns, eight interceptions on average throwing the ball 50 times against the Eagles so you know if, if they get it into a situation again where if they're able to like sort of get a sustained drive come out get Miles Sanders established early get a touchdown on the board kind of kind of make you know the Giants have to throw the ball from a quarterback who hasn't played since September I think that's kind of the formula you know I think that's kind of what you're looking for I think the Eagles need a, a huge game out of Miles Sanders tonight now he's he's really started to kind of turn the corner the last few weeks he's his usage has gone up uh, drastically I believe he's had 37 combined touches over the last two weeks um, almost 200 yards of total offense from scrimmage he obviously had the uh, the catch and score last week I, I think that this is a game where he's going to this could be like if the Eagles are going to play well and and make you feel good at the end of the night about what happened or what transpired as good as you can feel about beating a terrible Giants team I think it's going to be like the Miles Sanders breakout game I think that they're going it it has to be yeah yeah but isn't it feels like every every week that we've come on this show and we've said it needs to be insert player names breakout game or they need to get insert player here back on track yeah Doug Peterson and his coaching staff put exactly the opposite game plan in. Yeah. Like we spent, I think it was three consecutive weeks saying Carson Wentz has to go out and get this team a win. He's got to put the team on his back. He's got to overcome all adversity. He's got to write the narrative that's gone sideways on him this season. And that hasn't happened. And he, he did compile impressive stats against a bad Miami Dolphins team last week. But like if the idea here is it's raining they need to simplify things. They don't have anyone out wide. And that means that the Eagles should be putting the ball in Miles Sanders' hands. I just don't see it. I wish they would. I think that would probably be where they'd find the most success. But again, like looking at the weather conditions and knowing Doug Peterson's track record and the fact that he often plans and, and ends up calling plays that are counter to what he should, would it shock you if Carson Wentz ends up with more than 40 pass attempts. No, it wouldn't, just because I think that he looks at matchups as a coach, as an offensive coach, and certainly they've been aware of the weather forecast. And, and I think, again, we're making a little bit too much of the weather. I think that it's going to be playable tonight. I, this isn't going to be a, a total slop fest. I mean, the game itself, the game quality may be, but I think the weather conditions will be okay. Is this what it's like to live in England, by yeah, the way? Where yeah. it's just it's dark and dreary. and dreary. And, I yeah. think it's like what the, Seattle is. The, Seattle, London, you know, same thing. I don't don't think it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that being said, Sanders had 83 yards rushing last week. He did. It seems like he's on the right, you know, he's on the right path. The trajectory seems to be going. No, and his stats are really good this year. You know, it's, it's funny to think like you're, that you're waiting for like a breakout. I don't, I don't even know if breakout is kind of like the right word. I think, I think you're, 
in the sense of Carson Wentz or Miles Sanders or somebody, you're kind of waiting for like a like a takeover. Yes. Like take over the game. You're waiting for somebody to take over the game. I think that Miles Sanders you know, has given you what you could reasonably expect this season. Yeah, I think he's actually in some ways surpassed expectations. He just hasn't had that monster two, three score game, 160 yards. Like that, like that game that wins you like your yeah. your fantasy game right, or something like that, nuts. where you just like go bonkers or something. Yeah, the Eagles have. Oh, I'm trying to think of like even the last time the Eagles have had anybody have that kind of performance for them ever I mean I guess Deshaun in week one I mean Jeffrey last week had what nine catches 137 yards and a score I mean that's that's pretty good out of the wide receiver spot it doesn't feel Russ you seem excited I'm gonna tell you why the weather matters more than you're letting it oh I can't wait this season the Eagles ranked 30th of 32 teams in fumbles per game at 1.9. In their last three games, they have an NFL worst 2.7 fumbles per game. It's because the quarterback can't hold and, on the ball. And in home games of the season, the the Eagles are worst in the National Football League, the National Football League, at 2.3 fumbles per game. This is not a sure-handed roster. Yeah, but here's it's, the good news. A lot of that is because of the quarterback and the Giants pass rush stinks. So we'll get ready for a uh, a Michael Strahan. I mean, if your elite offensive Giants. line is supposed to do, you know, or does what it's supposed to do, that that shouldn't be as much of a concern. Michael Strahan, man, talk about a career he's having right now. He was on what's it, Good Morning America? Is he still on Good Morning? No, yeah, he's still. He was on live with Regis uh, with, and with oh, Kelly and Kelly and Michael. So he replaced. Then he bailed. Regis, Regis, Regis Philbin. and now he's doing this other show with some chick. I don't even know who she is. To see him pop up on TV of I don't get to watch a lot of daytime television. Michael so. and I don't either. Well, that's another story. It must be time. it must be nice to sit at home and blog all day. Yeah, right, right. The machine. Um, so listen, here's the thing. Kind of to Anthony's point a little bit uh, before he <laughs> floated left away. five five minutes into the show. I, I don't. I think. Uh, I think the scenario I, here, here's kind of the best case scenario for the Eagles this year. Kind of like a like a macro perspective here. They win tonight. They win against Washington. They beat the Cow. They they win the division. Okay. They get the home playoff game. Carson Wentz gets the playoff experience that everybody had had been hoping for. Right. They play. He he plays well enough in the playoffs, but they they lose. And then you say that's enough to say to yourself for Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson to say to themselves, okay, it's not good enough. We know we got to make changes. You know, we got to let some guys go. We got to draft smart, you know, so that there's enough urgency. Because I don't want it to – I think I think if you win that first playoff game, and even if, say, you have, like, a respectable showing against, you know, the Niners or, or whoever the hell it is, like, that's that's scary to me. Because I, I just don't, Do want, I just don't think- want them to get to that point where they're sitting here saying, like, oh, I, hey, we, we maybe we're, we are good enough. Maybe we can try running it back again. Maybe we do have a lot of But what of does that here. consist like, of when you put the board together and when you put the, the depth chart up on the wall, right, before you hit free agency, before you hit, to the, before you hit the draft? Do, do you look at it and say, oh, well, you know, uh, we can talk ourselves into Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, uh, J.J. Ortega. Well, not Aguilar. He's out of here. But, uh, you know. J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Do, do you think that they will honestly, evaluate the wide receiver position and, and evaluate their skill position players and say this is enough because I don't think they will do that even if they win a game I mean it I depends how, I don't know it depends how the playoff game plays out I mean we were all sitting here last year saying well you know one dropped pass blah 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 when at the end of the day like Nick Foles really didn't play that well in the playoffs last year you know I think they had their mind made up with that although with the quarterback it's a different situation I just, I just don't want them to be in like that purgatory where you know they start they, they have the consideration to lean in the other way because I think we I think everybody here is in agreement that they just don't have 
what it takes to win it all. So I don't, I, I just don't want them to tread too far into that territory where they're like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe this is all right. The Eagles suffer from institutional arrogance, and it's been their downfall since the Super Bowl. Did you just because, come up with that? Yes. Uh, the institutional arrogance that exists is a direct result of the Super Bowl win. It it manifests itself in both the poor construction of this roster, in looking away from the way that players trend. Again, like we come back to the construction, the the issue with having so much of your season hinge on Deshaun Jackson, on giving contracts to Darren Sproles, to Jason Peters, not making appropriate coaching hires. Kevin brought up last week that it's a lot of internal hires of guys who who really hadn't done much. Do you in, blame in the game. them for that? I mean, is that revisionist history? Well, Would you like? Can we honestly say like if these guys were critical components? And I just just playing devil's advocate sure. here. I'm not even telling you that I, I disagree, but I think it's a, a difficult situation. You win the Super Bowl. You have guys that were in the room in these meetings that you feel like were valuable contributors to this process of what played out. And yeah, I mean, I think it was unfortunate. I don't I don't think. The Eagles or Doug Peterson expected to lose the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator in the same, same offseason, season. right? And so then that kind of left them in the spot where they're the last team to play. They're a little bit behind the curve as it is going into that offseason. Now you get a, a surprise, I think specifically with Reich. Yep. And, you know, I think that it's it's easy now two years later to say like, well, you know, grow and, and all these other guys. But was it there, as preposterous and, and arrogant as we now think it is to have promoted these guys? There were concerns at the time. No, when, when those I, I, when I those know. when those guys left, there was concern about. Remember, the thought was that Deuce Staley, who had been with the organization for quite some time, was going to be promoted. Right, that that was the initial talk. Then, when it, the decision was made to promote Grow, the question was, well, why? Like, what had he done as a position coach to warrant that kind of jump? Right. And again, we don't know what goes on in the room because we're not in the coaches meetings. But why I'm saying like it, it, it even goes beyond the construction of the roster. The last point of the institutional arrogance is as a team, when you lack intrinsic motivation, which we've talked about a lot, there's something to be said for you have to have either the pride or you have to have the fire burning inside to not let games like Miami happen. And when game after game, loss after loss, last season, this season, the idea is, oh, we're underdogs again. That to me is arrogance. Because what that says is, nobody believed us in us before, and we went out and proved everybody wrong. We can do it again. That to me isn't saying it's a belief. I think it's just, it's almost as if they expect to flip this switch. It's late in the season, something goes wrong, there's adversity, and we just have the innate ability to flip that switch. And this team isn't as talented. They're not talented this year. They're not nearly as talented as the Super Bowl year. They're not as talented even as last year. And the health, like the health of the guy that we talked about a little bit ago not playing tonight like that's one thing but just top to bottom this roster doesn't have it and so when we talk about you know could having a few wins here could winning the first round could that lead to not having the changes that we think I think it wouldn't lead to the changes if they win that first playoff game I, do you really think Doug Peterson's going to make a coaching right. change? I just do we really think Howie Rosen's going to blow up parts of this team? I don't. And that, to, again, to me, that's an arrogant thing. And I, I, could, I could see it playing out more likely than saying, you know what, they, they go to the postseason, they win that first game, and they still make the changes that they need to. I just don't see it. I think they, they, 2017 is just going to be this thing that they keep coming back to, and they never really address the moment. And we look back on this, 
a few years down the line and we say we missed an opportunity. That's my fear. And until something changes, I'm not going to come off that that corner. I think sometimes we look at the other teams in the NFL, though, as just, you know, they're ancillary pieces. They're all just players in, in the puzzle, right? Whereas the Eagles are the, the main character. They're the, they're the driving force. Well, if you look around the NFL and you look at all of the teams, really, maybe outside of New England, and I'm sure, and they have rightful they have a reason to be arrogant. Mm-hmm. But I think like if you look at a Detroit or if you look at uh, the Chargers, you look at the Jags, you look at the Rams, like you could accuse a lot of different teams of these these flaws. Like, hey, we think yeah. we're doing it the right way. And so they made decisions A, B and C that in hindsight, you'd probably do over again. I just think that like sometimes I guess what I'm trying to say is the Eagles, I think sometimes we're just so hyper focused on the Eagles and their shortcomings that we start to maybe exaggerate a little bit exactly what's going on in that building. And not for nothing, that totally discounts the fact that every single analyst, talent evaluators, rival GMs, rival executives off the record said, watch out for the Eagles this season. You're going to have a healthy Carson Wentz. They are explosive. They're complete. They have depth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was the, the one knock on the Eagles was that they might have been a little bit light at defensive end, and that was it. You know, we talked about them being a Jadavian clowny away from being just a lights-out elite, yeah, don't-even-play-the-season football team. They were saying that. They were saying that You know, stuff, so yeah. it's hard not to listen to that, I'm sure, inside your own your own building and say, hey, we've got a really good team here. Yeah, they were blowing. There were people blowing a little bit of sunshine up their butt, you know. Um, and, you know, so they're thinking, well, we're the Super Bowl champions two years ago. Maybe they felt like they could turn it on whenever. I just still think, you know, it's interesting with the coaching staff because – like we said last week, that staff was constructed in 2016. You know, and then they had early success in year number two. So, yes, while people were – while they wanted to promote from within because they felt like they had, like, a winning, like, mentality and a winning culture and a track record of success, it was only two years. It was only really one year because they weren't that great in 2016. So, all of a sudden, then you got these guys who are part of a winning, quote-unquote, winning culture – who were promoted from within, who really do, but they don't really don't have a lot of experience. You know, so Gro, Alco's Reich and Filippo, Mike Gro comes up. Um, he didn't have a ton of experience, you know, even though he was part of the Super Bowl staff. You know, Gunter Brewer leaves after one year. You know, Carson Walsh gets thrown into, you know, a role that he's probably not ready for. So I, I don't even know, I don't even know if it's, if it's fair to say that these guys kind of like, you know, if they haven't been doing a good, well, if that they they stink or they're not the right person for the job, when you look at the circumstances of um, under a normal situation, they probably would not have been promoted as quickly as they were promoted. You know, you put a staff together, you're with them for, you know, what's the average what's the average coach last in the NFL these days? Four, I would say four years, four without, years, something without like looking. that. Yeah. yeah, so they they win the Super Bowl year number two, and, and Alco is like the two most two of the best offensive guys that you got. And so I don't think it's that the other guys are incapable. It's like I don't think. They were ready. They were ready for that at the time. Not because not because they're not because of anything that they are or they aren't. But you know, typically you would not find that kind of promotion promotion schedule at, at in the NFL or any any job really. You know, if you watch that San Francisco game, the one thing that I think stood out. Now, obviously, they are a much more talented team right now. They're a much deeper team, and they have better weapons and healthy weapons than the Eagles do. But you watch San Francisco. You watch the game that's called by Kyle Shanahan and there there appears to be that creativity that has long lacked on on this team or has at least lacked the last two seasons what was the thing that we always used to say about Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl year I think I can say this on the radio you used to call him Big Balls Doug right 
we haven't seen we haven't we haven't seen that right like the the what what might have originally been um volleyballs have now shrunk to mini golf mini ping pong to, to, to ping pong because we're not seeing that same kind of nah, not braggadocious we're we're not seeing that same kind of um boastful fearless kind of play calling sure the team still goes for it on fourth down a lot more than the nhl or than the nfl average would indicate but if it doesn't feel like there's any kind of real creative looks we talked about after the seattle game once again the same kind of narrative that i just think this comes back to is it's hard to be creative when you have offensive skill players that have a hard time doing the fundamentals Mm -hmm. you know it's it's hard to put in exotic schemes on the offensive side of things if you can't even execute a simple slant pass you know i think that that's that's part of it i think that it's a an acknowledgement that what they have around this quarterback right now is is insufficient well and sometimes too being aggressive and playing the way they did in 2017 and doug you know calling plays the way he did and you know going for it on fourth down the way he sort of did you can sometimes aggression is a mask for you know a lack of um I guess nuance would be the word that I would come up with, you know, to, to finely tune and manage a game and flip the field and work field position and, and make the right play call at the right time and sort of win in a more traditional way. You know, to, to make a Sixers point, like Elton Brand uh, threw every asset that he had into Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, and they, you know, maxed out Harris, and now they've got their roster set, and they're they're using it under the guise of, well, we're going for it. You know, but it might not be. The, so the aggression, you might give them credit for the aggression, but it doesn't necessarily say that it doesn't necessarily mean that all those moves were the right moves. You know, so you're just inherently willing to go with the risk and use that as a blanket to kind of cover for if things may not go right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a part of the style like you're either in in or you're out with that kind of thing. But, you know, eventually teams are going to wise up to that and say, well, this is we know what they're all about. You know, but can Doug Peterson you know, coach a, a, a group of players that doesn't have the dynamism as they as they did last year. You know, I, I still think that's probably the big. I mean, I still think they have talent. Like, I don't I don't think this team stinks. It's just when you watch other games on Sunday, like yesterday was a perfect example. I just see all these different plays that, that skill players yeah, are making. Kyle Shanahan yesterday too. I just I know yeah, you're talking yeah. about the skill players, but yeah. just the the scheme, the all well, and anything. Yeah, calls. I oh. just I just see things that stick out to me, and I'm like, man, why the hell can't the Eagles do that this year? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't that receiver go up and just make that grab, or why can't this running back make that cut and just turn on the Jets or something, or or you know, I look at a play call or or something like that, and I think, you know, where is that from Doug this year? You know, I I, I don't think that they that they stink out loud. I just think it's like this lack of kind of like dynamic uh, playmaking, play calling and scheming, you know? So it's interesting. I've been looking at uh, the updated uh, live betting splits coming in on this game. And right now, um, the percentage of betters uh, actually lean towards the Giants tonight. So 57% of all bets are on the Giants, but uh, believe it or not, still 50% of the money is actually on the Eagles. So it looks like the uh, bigger money bettors are on the Eagles right now. Um, and it's interesting because earlier this morning, the line dipped down to eight and a half. It's back up to nine. And the other thing that kind of jumps out at me is that the money is currently split on the total, but the line has moved or the total has moved from 44 and a half up to 44. 
five and a half over the last hour. So, so it looks that, like what's that telling? That you? tells you that some late money, some bigger money has come in. That's a, a fairly significant jump uh, over forty five, like from forty four to forty four and a half, up to forty five and a half now. It's back where it was earlier in the week. So it looks like some late money's coming in on that over. It, this just the way that these betting splits are shaping up. It. it kind of feels like an Eagles cover. Uh, but mm. man, I got to say, like I, I wrote the preview today on, on CrossingBroad.com and my initial pick is, is certainly the Eagles to win. And I think they are going to cover the spread tonight. I do. Uh, but, you know, obviously some of the contextual factors that are shaping up here late between the weather, the injury report, et cetera, uh, would make me a little bit gun shy about doing that. Well, since you brought up betting, let's take a Perfect moment. Perfect segue. Let's talk about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is officially available in Pennsylvania. As the trusted leader in daily fantasy, DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting and is already America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, you'll definitely want to take care or take advantage of the convenience to bet wherever, whenever with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. This week, DraftKings has pro basketball promo you won't want to miss. It's simple. Bet on Philly to win. If they score 76 points first and end up losing, you get your bet back up to $25. Plus, DraftKings is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know that your funds are safe and secure. And if you're already betting in PA, bet with another book and take advantage of DraftKings' great sign-up offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. That's CROSSINGBROAD. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet just for signing up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Don't forget, sign up with the code CROSSINGBROAD to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. And I, I look over to the man, the myth, Big Bet Bob for some guidance. Yeah, let's go the prop uh, route tonight. So the Eagles are down some wide receivers. I would think that Zach Ertz will be a busy guy in this game. Uh, he's coming off of arguably one of the worst games of his career last week in Miami. Uh, I think he was largely responsible for the Eagles' loss. He only caught three of six targets, dropped the pass in the end zone, fell down at the goal line early in the game. Probably would have been a touchdown as well. Um, prior to last week, however, he had averaged uh, uh, roughly 10 targets per game, uh, about nine catches per game, uh, and uh, a shade over 90 yards per. So I think that he's going to be very active in this game tonight. So I'm going to take him to score a touchdown uh, and the Eagles to win the game outright uh, at DraftKings. It's plus 170 payout, so you're eliminating the uh, point spread. Obviously, it's a significant spread. Right now, Eagles on the money line at DraftKings minus 435. You okay. can actually flip those odds into your favor, get it at plus 170 with Ertz to score and the Eagles to just win the game outright. Um, if nothing else, there's definitely some value on that. I like it. I'd like to thank the Cleveland Cavaliers for screwing me um, the other night. Had a nice uh, parlay that I thought was a slam dunk. Sam Darnold over 250 passing yards against the stinky Miami Dolphins defense. And at halftime, with the Sixers up 40, uh, I thought for sure the Cavs would cover 39 and a half. Uh, but instead, they didn't. They actually got even worse in the second half, and they lost by 47 points. <laughs> and I lost 47 big ones. So we got to try to get that back. <laughs> Try to get that use back the, tonight. Use the advice, Big Bet Bob. <laughs> Over there drinking some cola. Look at you. I want to. I want to go. Uh, last week, actually, I put like twenty five on the Eagles to beat the Dolphins, and DraftKings was offering like a protection if you if you bet like a Pennsylvania thing, right? If you bet uh, on the Steelers or the Eagles, you get six dollars for every touchdown they score, win or lose. So the Eagles, of course, lost to the Dolphins, but they scored a bunch of points, so I got my eighteen dollar free bet. Proudy and you. I think I lost on that one. But Look, you know who's keeping track? These are good personal anecdotes. Yeah. Thank you. I to our, to our yeah. friends over at DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook. Uh, I love 
but yeah, because I'm I feel like I've, I've got an extra layer, you know, of, of kind of like backing me up, you know, even if uh, you know Jim Schwartz's defense goes out and stinks up the joint. You know, I got uh, I got an extra layer of protection there. What's well, really become cool for me is that it's not just about losing the money or winning the money. It's getting to see all of our wonderful fans at CrossingBroad.com react. They to the, are so the far in so, your head. Yeah. Hold on a second. Don't forget, folks. They love. Go they sign love up for DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code CrossingBroad. It must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know who? Uh, now I, I can't even do a good a good segue into this. These people are in your head. No, they're not. Do we have to have an they're intervention? They're not really in my head. Do we need an intervention? For no, that? I, that. I would I would echo Bob. Yeah, I'm, well, he didn't say anything yet, but I would echo what I think he would say is that um, you know it's just annoying to. Uh, I think the thing with the comments is that it drives away people who otherwise might have something an intellectual thought. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm all. trying it's to not find like, that there know. are more thoughtful comments on Facebook right now. Than on the site. Well, that what does that tell you? You know, <laughs> it's like clearing the lowest, the get, lowest get, bar get of the, all. Yeah, the for some reason, it, the the betting related comments bother me more. It's because you put a lot. Because you like, put more work. You know what it is? Like with the yeah. Phillies, like you know, going down there and, and talking about some observations. If someone disagrees with what they or yeah. with what I think about, you know, Nick Pavetta or the manager, that's one thing, fine. Yeah. But it's it's actually kind of funny. It's like, well, you know, I'm just. If you go to crossingbroad.com and you fade all their picks, you'll be rich. Well, I'd like That's to actually see not true uh, because uh, the people that comment, I yeah. think some of them don't actually understand how like against the spread bets work. So yeah, like they, for the season, and this isn't great, but it's actually profitable. We're like hitting about 56% of our bets right now, which is, again, not going to get rich, but they've been overall not bad. What I would say to those people, too, is... Let's see your bets, tough yeah. guy. Let's go to your site. Yeah. You know, let me see what you picked, huh? Yeah, like we went seven, eight, and one. Like I had to Let's pick what every pick. game this week. So we went seven, eight, and one Let's last week. It pick. wasn't great. You know, it's not profitable. I understand that. Um, but overall, we're on the plus side of 500. Well, Look, over. you just don't, you don't, you don't just come out on day one and become a shark. You know? Yeah. It's, and you know. that's the, uh, that's the funny thing about it, right? Like, so it's, it's seven, eight, and one. Like, I didn't give you one in 15. This time so, next year. Come on. Like, I think this time next year, big Russ bet. Russ is just shaking his head. Big bet Bob's going to be up in the 75%. No, actually, 80%. that's impossible, but he's going to be up in the top 1% yeah. <laughs> of the top 1% of prognosticators. Yeah. Betting on NFL games. And then you're going to have to give out your picks to everybody else, too, just by virtue of yeah. that. Yeah. So, listen, um, that was a political joke. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to do a uh, – because when Russ and I used to do the podcast version of this before it went out over the airways, if we did a dem- if we did a Democrat joke, we would do, like, a Republican joke later just to be fair and balanced, you know, because it's, it's only – I mean, you got to you got to be reasonable. You got to be fair about it. So we'll try, I'll try to do a, one of those later. But uh, if I had to ask you, like uh, theoretically, what what has to happen in tonight's instant cl- in a game that should be an instant classic tonight? What has to happen in this game for you to for you to feel good about the Eagles? Not just they win the game, but like they win the game, and and this has to happen to make you feel good about it. Uh, shut down Saquon Barkley. Carson Def- Wentz. Like the defense. Yeah, yeah. Shut him Shows down, up. take him away. Uh, Wentz has to play a clean game, no turnovers, efficient. Something similar to maybe what we saw in Green Bay earlier this season where the stats yeah. maybe aren't phenomenal, but he goes out and plays a really good game. Um, manages the game, some might say. Uh, I think that that would be a big part of it, and I'd like to see a, a big night out of Miles Sanders. If, if we can get those three things, um, I'm probably about as happy as you can be with a 6-7 and seven football team. Are you, happy, are you happy with the defense looking more like they did against 
New England and Seattle if you get it and and then putting together not an amazing Carson Wentz game but a, another like game yeah if the Giants crack 23 points tonight that's that's a concern. that's more of the concern that's a big yeah. concern what do you say I would Rose? like to see the the defense have a dominant performance I'd like to hold them to single digits and by the way, I like, don't I think, want to come I think across that'd be a good statement. sounding like a, a fanboy. I'm I'm well aware of the fact that they could lose. I mean, they oh, lost Eli to Man- the three Listen. and ten Dolphins, yeah, three yeah, nine and one yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions. I mean, it's anything is possible this evening. I want the defense to have a good game. I want Zach Ertz to wake up, go for multiple touchdowns, and I want Miles Sanders to sit most of the game because uh, I'm up against him in fantasy and I have the <laughs> previous two. No, but what I, I I do think that. This defense has to have a dominant performance tonight to kind of rebound from last week's game. And I think Carson Wentz has to make the most of the opportunities that he has. But I think more than anything, you need to show the rest of the league that that you're not a fluke and, and you're yeah, not but how do you do not, that against a, a two and ten team well you know, the, the Joe the Girardi like, thing kind of like in a no win situation tonight the Joe Girardi yeah. videos kind of there, there's a little bit of truth like the nation in theory is watching <sighs> you're not looking to put a clinic on you're not going to be able to in this game but if you put out a, a somewhat dominant performance which is leading up to that rematch with Dallas then all of a sudden you can get the city to start buying in and believing again. The, if of all the fan bases in Philadelphia, the Eagles fan base might be the one that flips on a coin or flips on a dime, dime yeah. more than anyone else. Because I know you typically, typically we I say agree. the Flyers fan base is you know rose-colored yeah. glasses. The Sixers fans, I mean, they're back and forth, but for the most part, it's been a successful season. Phillies, whatever, it's baseball. But the the Eagles fans like. It's all gloom and doom. They go out and they dominate the Giants. All of a sudden, it's it's right back on because they look at how bad Dallas has 100%. been lately. If, if the Eagles boom, win the next the two games, you. if the Eagles win the next two games, leading up to that Dallas game, it's going to be like two 11 and five teams going head to head. I guarantee it. Yeah, you can change the national perspective a little bit. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think there's going to be people tuning in 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 droves to watch the Eagles and the Giants in the rain with uh, Booger McFarland and Joe Tessitore <laughs> on the call. Yeah, but. Uh, I wish you I know what's be. what's the yeah again I mean it's it's ripe for if 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 everything has been the NFC East stinks and you know fire the NFC East into the sun and the Cowboys stink and all this stuff there there's a yeah there's an opportunity to kind of sneak in there and snag some at least some positive press just by virtue of everybody else being stinky but um, yeah it's funny to me because like I. <laughs> coming come from the college game and being a big college fan like normally this is the point where you would like want to see the division do well for the sake of the division but that doesn't really exist in the in the no, God, professional no. this isn't like Alabama pulling for LSU does in, that the t- in the title game does yeah that happen? Yeah, yeah it does SEC yeah. pride yeah we used to do it in the Big East back in the day when when the ACC was stealing our teams it was like well, Louisville's got Miami today. We're big Louisville fans. Yeah, no, that certainly Ruck- does Rutgers, not exist in the NFL. Rutgers is, uh, who did they beat that year? They beat, like, Illinois or North Carolina or something. But, yeah, I don't, I mean, there's there's just some, there, there's something to play for from a national pun- punditry perspective. I don't think, you know, Joe Schmo in Iowa is going to care. But I think I think that, like, if you, you think about what it would be like on ESPN tomorrow morning. I know we probably shouldn't if trash the, uh, the ESPN play-by-play team since it is after all 16 ESPN Mm -hmm. Uh, can we fire this uh, duo into the sun and replace them if you could do a fantasy booking for the play by play team I think one of you said it in in Slack today 
Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan is fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, well, he's he's see. great for basketball. Have to you don't have him away from Westwood there, One. There are not many. The there are very few announcers in all of professional sports that can nail more than one sport. Like to me, Mike Tirico is one of those guys. Kevin Harlan's fantastic Kevin for Harlan, basketball. I would say too about football, the well about Monday, Monday night football too. I don't I don't know if it would if if it helped when they put Jason Witten is in the three man crew last year with. Uh, you know, Booger was was kind of new to it, you know, and Joe Tessitore had been doing it for a while. But then you're going to take a three man crew, you're going to pair it down to a two man crew. When Booger did his first full year of doing that with a three man crew, in that you weird pull, floating pull him chair. pull him up off the off the sidelines in the in the mobile or whatever it's called, and then you bring him up to the booth. I mean, I think they probably should just try to, in retrospect, maybe bring maybe just replace Witten and do the and keep the three man crew because I don't know if that really because then you're you're asking him to kind of change. You got him started on one thing, and now he's got to change and do a two-man booth where he had to do more speaking. So I don't, I don't know if they were really set up to I – mean, I guess kind of what I would say is I don't know if it was the best situation that they were, they were set up in. You see, like, Awful Announcing does the polls. Hey, rank the bro- every single broadcast team within all the networks. They ranked uh, those two guys dead last. You know, and I don't, I don't think it's all their fault. You're a former TV guy. Maybe you can shed some light on this. It baffles me that an institution like Monday Night Football has this – Almost second-rate feel about it these days. I mean, is there a production element beyond the broadcasters that just makes the game feel a little less significant than, you know, the Sunday night product even? I almost feel like the game just had a little bit more luster when it was on ABC. I, think I, I feel like the more, moment sure, they transferred it to more ESPN. People were watching. Yeah, well, That's more a big people were watching, but also, too, I think with the younger crowd, too, who are into, like, fantasy football, and now you have, like, you know, in-game betting and stuff like that, I think it's more about that, like, that deluge of, of stuff that's going on on Sunday, you know, where you can crash on the couch yeah. and drink a couple of beers and you're looking at your phone and your fantasy team half the time and kind of like watching Red Zone. Red Zone was not a thing back then when Monday Night Football was as good. And, you know, sometimes you got crappy matchups too. You know, it's not like you can flex the best game of the week to Monday Night Football. You know, now Sunday night's really getting the best matchup every week. So it's just kind of like a. Which, Probably a combination of those in things. In fairness, you know? I feel like ESPN either got screwed or screwed themselves on that because. NBC's ability to flex, to flex the, yeah. the Sunday night game, yeah. especially yeah. later in the season, means they're always going to have. I mean, in theory, they're always going to have a great matchup or at least one that people are excited to see. Mm-hmm. Whereas with ESPN, you've got this eh crew, and a lot of times you're getting a, a meh or worse matchup. Well, yeah, it I mean, almost feels they, like what, what happened with Thursday night football a few years ago, it, where every game. I think Thursday done. night football has become a better product than Monday night football. Well, yeah, right? and if they and there's something from a, from a viewing standpoint, yeah, there's we, something about that too, where you're coming into the Thursday night game where you have two days off, you know. So yeah. the cycle, the cycle kind of resets. You kind of digest everything that happened, you know, from the from the previous Thursday into Monday, you know. Get up, first take. Everybody kind of, you know, there's there's more juice for the NFL. It's like stuffing that on, last piece of pizza into yourself. Yeah, even though you're already full. Like, eh, just yeah, just come back for a little bit more. Yeah, there's more juice on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And then that Thursday night game starts to cycle. You get your you get your fill on Sunday, and then Monday night comes around. You're like, oh, okay, Giants, Eagles on on whatever, like the Titans and whoever the hell, you know. Like, they, they, I don't think there's as much uh, as much buzz for it. It's not like an institution like it used to be, you know. You, you want to hit a rapid fire here? We have a lot that I we didn't time. get yeah, to. There's, there's yeah. a lot. There's I, a lot. I want to make sure that I'd ask Lennox to play uh, Benny Hill back there, but he's uh, he's he's way down. You it's really sad. Do you see how blue he's he's feeling blue today? We talk too much. To, he's wearing to play music over. He's this. wearing the Giants hat. He's got the Eli Manning jersey on. He had the Giants coat. Yeah, let's do a little bit of rapid fire. Let's go down our list. 
Should we talk about the Sixers? Should we talk about the... Let's talk about... Hold on. In fairness. <laughs> let's let's dust get, off the fills. Let's, let's get... Uh, yay! The Phillies! Yeah. They got Steven Strasburg! Oh, no, they didn't. They got Zach Wheeler. Yeah, and they paid $130 million less. Uh, I, I gotta say, that's a lot of money for Steven Strasburg, who's returning to Washington. Seven years, $245 million. Garrett Cole is going to get more than seven years and more than $35 million a year. I'm out on that. Garrett Cole's the best pitcher on the planet right now. I would not pay that. Uh, you gotta be a little bit more creative. I do, however, want Anthony Rendon. How's that? That's short, I like succinct, to the point. I like Rendon. Phillies have a lot of work to do. It's a Good start. Wheeler, I think, is going to do well here. Kind of bucked the trend with the injury concerns. Made 30 starts on average each of the last two years. I think that his best days are ahead of him. But uh, the Phillies are nowhere close really to being quick, a competitor. Were you, were you surprised that Strasburg took $80 million deferred? No. I think that he likes it there. I think yeah. he's established there. And that money's going to show up at some point. The Philadelphia 76ers. Kevin. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's funny to think that they're 12-0 at home and they sweep the weekend and they beat the defending champs and they beat them after losing to them in pretty bad fashion up in Toronto and yet some people were kind of negadelphia after last night's game just for virtue of the fact that they, they took an 18-point lead into the fourth quarter and they only won by six points and they had trouble beating the press. You know, dealing with the traps at the end of the game, but uh, look, it's I mean, an ugly Benson, end. Yeah, it's an ugly end. I mean, it just kind of leaves you with a sour thing. But uh, the bar is raised, as we've said. So, I mean, if people want to feel that way, I understand why they would feel that way. But still, look at the teams that are at the top of the East right now. Who is it? Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors, Milwaukee Bucks. The Sixers have beaten three of those teams, and they haven't played the other one. So, I mean, you should feel good about that, certainly. You, you know, you're playing for a number one seed, so when you drop a, a game in Washington after two days off, not amazing, but, you know, I think you got to feel pretty good with where they are. All right, so let's just take a real quick moment, Kevin. Tell you, tell your spouse, tell your friends, tell your agent. Ben Simmons hit his second three-pointer of his professional career. Yeah, I want yeah. him to take one of those per game and eight free throws. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Brett come out and, like, say, you know, tell his agent, tell, you know, everybody. It's like... Hide your kids, hide that, your wife, yeah, hide, hide your, your husband. Kids, hide your wife, right. Who was, who was it that said that? Antoine Dodson? That was yes. Antoine Dodson. Antoine Dodson. Yeah. Out here in Lincoln Park. Well, yeah. Uh, well, oh, yeah, Because Brett, Brett's got to tiptoe it around it. You know, I mean, like, the, the, the theory, the conspiracy theory has always been... Well, he's too he's too close to Ben's family, you know, so he's not going to hold him accountable and blah blah blah. So for him to say, yeah, we, I would like to see this and I would like to see that, and naming Rich Paul without saying Rich Paul, and you know, kind of going down that route, I found it was interesting. Of course, 24 hours later, though, Ben came out, took 11 shots that were all on the paint, so yep. uh, didn't really didn't go to the free throw line. Didn't really resonate. <laughs> he much. did the exact but opposite. It was good. The three pointer looked good, man. The it three pointer looked really good. It was below the break. It was near the corners, like cross court pass. And now it's the time that everyone has been waiting for. Cut the music. Cut the music. What are, what are you, Rick Rude? <laughs> I'm going to appear on both Nitro and Raw yeah. in the same day. With the same awful beard? Yes. No, he shaved the mustache in the one episode. Oh, that's he right. He had the mustache in the one and not the other because Nitro was live and Raw wasn't. Maybe you guys can do, a, can do a wrestling podcast at, at so, some point in the future. Let's get to everybody's favorite part of the show. Wrestling. Mount Rushmore. Kevin, you have one. We've got the bowl. Uh, yeah, the bowl season is upon us. I hope everybody's excited for it. We've got the college football playoff. Uh, playoffs? So I'm going to give you my Mount Rushmore, uh, as Jim Mora once said. Playoffs? My Mount Rushmore of ridiculous 
2019 college bowl games uh, in honor of this was inspired by the Poulan Weed Eater Bowl of many <laughs> years ago, whenever whenever that was. But all right, I'm going to start you off on my Mount Rushmore in place of Thomas Jefferson. I'm going to give you the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, and I'll give Bob I'll give Bob my. $18 free DraftKings bet if he can tell me the mascots of Kent State and Utah State. Go- the Golden Flashes is Kent State? That's one of them, yeah. And uh, Utah State. Why are you staring at the screen? The Aggies. They're the Aggies. Oh, he's cheating. No, he's I'm like, not. Like, I'm looking at our documents. No, yeah, I'm looking at the screen. I can see a screen from here. And he's cheating. And it says that Kent dirty State Giants fan. I'm not State. trusting I him. nailed that. Well, I can't get, I can't, I don't think I can transfer the free Well, you don't have to transfer the money, but that was all up here. I'm good at that. Uh, on George, uh, George Washington will be the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl between Mississippi State. The Bulldogs. And Louisville. And the Cardinals. Louisville. Uh, coming in number three. Well, no, it's not number three because you're not ranked. It's just who's the other guy? Lincoln. Lincoln's on Rushmore, right? Okay, so uh, Abraham Lincoln's gonna be <laughs> the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Wow. We've okay. got the University of Central Florida. <laughs> Take that, John Deere. <laughs> and the Marshall Thundering Turd, as we yeah. called them. It's no Carson Wentz Bobcat, but. The Carson oh, can, Wentz can, Bobcat. Can we, can we close with that? <laughs> we can close Keep with going. that. Let me get, uh, I'll give you my last one. The, uh, I'll give you the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, uh, which is actually a pretty good game. That between, used to be the San Diego County Poinsettia Bowl. That used to be the Poinsettia, Poinsettia Bowl. If yeah. You're a, yeah, the you know what's funny, too, because now the, the two of the, the quote-unquote BCS Bowls from a couple years ago are now the semifinals of the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get... What were, what are otherwise good teams get bumped down to these other bowls that sound kind of crappy, you know? To think of like uh, Iowa and USC being in the Holiday Bowl, like you really wouldn't typically think of that. You, know, you still got Wisconsin and Oregon playing in the Rose Bowl this year, but Penn, Penn State got sent to the Cotton Bowl against Memphis. So. I've got a good one for you. Okay, Florida State versus Arizona State are playing. In the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not wow. gonna be good. It's not the It'll frost. be great. It's, it's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I watched the entire 2007 Sun Bowl when Oregon State beat Pitt and Shady McCoy three to nothing. Mm. I don't know why, but I watched the whole thing. Maybe hate watch it because I didn't like Pitt back then. But now I don't really care that much. Uh, so that's my Mount Rushmore. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. The Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. And the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Uh, who wins the two semifinal games and who's your champion? Uh, so we've got... LSU is the number one seed. Playing Oklahoma. Playing Oklahoma. Ohio State, the 2-3 versus Clemson. I think Clemson pulls the upset. I, I think agree. Clemson's They're actually favored than, now. Yeah, I think Clemson's better than people give them credit for. I'm going to say it's Clemson, LSU. I've, I've, seen, I've seen Oklahoma in person this year, and I wasn't as impressed with them, I think, as other people. I think LSU beats them. I think LSU beats Clemson in the national token. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. Let me give you a Mount Rushmore. Do you have the music? Do you have the NWO music? Again? again. <laughs> yeah, again. Gave them the friggin' game. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Lennox back there working wow. on a sound drop. 
Wow. We did diddly uh, poo. Playoffs. There playoffs. we go. There go. Playoffs? <laughs> you kidding me? Diddly poo. Playoffs? <laughs> I just hope we can win a game. All right. Here's a real Mount Rushmore. In my opinion, that sucked. The NWO getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. That leads us to the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling factions. Of course, the NWO I'm is on there. out for the evening. I'll they talk to everybody to, next the, week. The NWO has to be there. The faction that tried to invade Monday Nitro, DX, has to be on there. How about the Nation of Domination? That's where I was going next! Oh, oh really? God, yes, it was! Every day. Do, what? We've got... Wow. No, don't, don't jump us to the Marines yet. All right. The initial, the first version of the Nation of Domination included Kama Mustafa, who I believe went on to become the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up on the ho-ho-ho train. Farouk was in there. Farouk, The Rock. Rocky Maivia. And... And uh, D'Lo Brown, they were they were in that, and then eventually Mark Henry, Mark Henry yeah. joined. And and just as a as a throwback, the Four Horsemen, because without the Four Horsemen, you don't have a lot of the the later factions. I'm gonna give you one though. I preferred the one that had, and I know nobody likes to talk about him because of Chris Benoit was in it with uh, Ric Flair, Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. And I believe at one point Kurt Henning was the fourth member in that iteration. Is he Mr. Perfect? Was he was, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So th- there you go. NWO, DX, Nation of Domination, and the Four Horsemen. Eh. In, in fairness, I could see somebody trying to make a case for the corporation. Maybe Evolution. Was what about the dub- Click? The Click was never really a faction. It was a locker room faction. Faction's a faction. Okay, I mean, were there factions in ECW or just kind of like there were? Well, I mean, like, yeah, it's mostly tag. Teams, My favorite right? faction like here, nasty I'll give you. Boys. Well, the LWO. How about the that full, was Eddie Guerrero and the they full-blooded, uh, the full-blooded Italians. The FBI. Yeah, with Tracy Smothers, uh, oh, yeah. Little Guido, and uh, <laughs> Big. What was the big dude's name? Big Sal. Yeah. Yeah, that was the most well, Philly. What was the one in WCW where Kurt Henning was a cowboy? Uh, that was uh, um, 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 wait, 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 um, because it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. Um, rap is crap. But what was yeah, the name of the band? Uh, um, oh, I just had it. I was listening to a, a wrestling podcast on my way here. Oh, it's terrible, Russ. You're giving us dead air. Oh no. The West How about Texas. The West Texas, Texas Rednecks. Rednecks. Wow. And they were going up against. It was. Uh, it wasn't the LWO at that point. It was the uh, dirty, an- uh, the filthy animals. That was Conan and Rey Mysterio. Anyway, we've taken up plenty of time on the airways with uh, WWE content. Oh, they feuded with the No Limit Soldiers. There you go. And Master P. That's right. And Rey Mysterio Jr. and some guy named Conan. Conan. That's what I just said. Conan. Conan. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He's the man. I'm Conan. He was. Attention. He was considered by many to be the uh, the Mexican equivalent of Hulk Hogan. You ever heard For of a, a guy while, named yeah. Four He by was four? there when uh, Rey Mysterio killed that guy. Yeah. Like, with the, it was an in-ring accident. Don't make it sound like he, he died like, either way. somebody. Anyway, thanks, well, for listen- thanks for listening to uh, Crossing Broadcast. Maybe go out and get a, a Bobcat now that uh, Carson Wentz is a sponsor. Go check out the stuff over on CrossingBroad.com. Thanks Bobcat. to Ryan Lennox behind the glass. We'll talk to you again next week after the Eagles maybe beat the Giants.